And I used to go to her salon to get my hair done. And she was like, well, her hair needs to be relaxed once a week. What? So my hair was being relaxed. Because, like, the relaxer, even if you relax my hair, it doesn't look like a relaxer. She said in order for it to look like a relaxer, my hair had to be relaxed once a week for, like, X amount of weeks. Oh, wow. And they did that. They relaxed my hair for, like, five weeks straight. Mm-hmm. a week and somehow my hair was still thick and one time she was combing my hair and her comb broke and she was so upset and she was just like making nasty comments and here I am like a teenager you know and she was just she made me feel like a piece of crap like welcome to the friends and beauty podcast a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get real answers, and practical tools to grow their businesses. My name is Aquia Robinson, and I'm a makeup artist, beauty educator, and the creator of Friends in Beauty. I created Friends in Beauty to support like-minded creatives, just like you, on their quest to connect, network, and build genuine relationships within the beauty community. Join me every week as me and my special guests reveal the keys to success and longevity in the beauty industry, and most importantly, have fun while doing it. You ready? Hey, what's up? It's your best friend in beauty, Aquia Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast. I am so happy to have you here, and I hope you're listening to this episode in high spirits and in good health. If you are a friend in beauty... I welcome you to join the Friends in Beauty Facebook community. If you're looking for a community of like-minded, ambitious Friends in Beauty to virtually connect with, network, and share resources, then click the link down below in the show description to join us in the Facebook community, and I'll be there to welcome you with open arms. Also, let's get social. Follow Friends in Beauty on all social media platforms at Friends and Beauty. Additionally, the Friends and Beauty podcast is available on several platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And whatever platform you are listening from right now, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning into the Friends and Beauty podcast. I appreciate it more than you know. And I would love it even further if you took the time to leave a five-star rating, a review, a like, a comment, a share, a subscribe, a something (laughs) to let me know how you feel about the Friends in Beauty podcast. Additionally, Friends in Beauty is now on Patreon. So for as little as $3 a month, you can support the Friends in Beauty podcast. And there are also several tiers available that unlock Patreon exclusive content just for you, like behind the scene content of the Friends in Beauty podcast, bonus interview clips, a monthly Ask Me Anything, discounts, and so much more. So if that's something that you're interested in, I'll leave the link down below in the show description for that as well. Also, if you'd like to stay connected even further, join the Friends in Beauty mailing list tribe. They are the first to know about all things Friends in Beauty, and I send out different resources and tips throughout the week. So if that's something that you're interested in, join us over there. And last but not least... Listen up. The most important thing is to share the Friends in Beauty podcast with your other friends in beauty, your family, your friends, anybody that you think could benefit from the information that is being shared. Share, share, share a way to help me grow the Friends in Beauty community. 
Now, on this episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast, I welcome Joanne Joseph, the CEO of J Organic Solutions, to the Friends in Beauty guest chair. Joanne has spent the past few decades flourishing in the beauty industry as a hair care brand entrepreneur, but it was her early life filled with trauma and tremendous low self-esteem that transformed her personal self-image and her desire to make an impact in the industry. Born in Haiti, and like most families, there was a high expectation for Joanne to become a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. But it was her painful personal experience during her teenage years that shaped who she would become. Joanne recalls her hair being a, quote, problem that no one wanted to deal with. She recalls the very existence of her kinky natural hair, causing her to experience significant feelings of inadequacy and emotional trauma. Later in life, Joanne immigrated to the United States and took matters into her own hands. At the age of 16, she realized she simply could not allow people to continue to abuse her hair. She turned her passion into a successful career as a master beautician and in 2016 launched her all-natural brand, J Organic Solutions, with ingredients that ensure coily hair gets the love it deserves. She is also the only black woman to own a beauty manufacturing facility in Florida, where she employs six people to run the manufacturing of 36 products. It's giving boss, okay? I had such a great time chatting with Joanne and learning the history behind J Organic Solutions. In this interview, Joanne shares her first introduction to entrepreneurship. Wait until you hear this story. The traumatizing experiences that she had as a child with people trying to manage her natural hair, how she developed J Organic Solutions from scratch, how she expanded her warehouse to keep up with the demand of the products, how she deals with strangers wanting to touch her thick, beautiful natural hair, the importance of being mentally tough in business, dealing with depression as an entrepreneur, what's next for the brand, and so much more. I'm so happy that Joanne shared her story so openly with us on the Friends and Beauty podcast. I know that is one that many people can relate to, and Joanne has created a solution to it. Let's go ahead and jump into this chat with Joanne, and if you prefer to watch our beautiful faces, then tune in on YouTube. Enjoy. Welcome to the Friends and Beauty podcast, Joanne. Hey y'all, how are you? <laughs> excited I'm, to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited and I love the background that you're giving. If you're not tuned in on YouTube, you have to see Joanne's background. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so before we jump into the interview, I want to start off with some icebreakers just to get us warmed up and so the friends and beauty audience can get to know you outside of beauty a little bit. So first one, just give us three random facts about you. Um, I was a hairstylist for about 15 years. I'm a mother of two. Okay. And I am from Haiti. Okay. Okay. So I say. <laughs> okay. Do you have any pet peeves? Is it anything that just like ticks you off that you just cannot stand when people do? Like a judgmental person, like... I'm so much better. I can do so much better. Like, you know what I mean? Like a yeah. self, super self-righteous kind of like, you know. <laughs> I feel you. I totally feel you. Putting out other people's flaws and I just hate a person like that. Like the quickest way to piss me off is to do that. 
Yes, I yeah. agree. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> so I have these things called pod decks and the green deck is a what the heck and the red one is a would you rather that has like random questions in there. Which one do you want? Let's do the green. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people always choose the green. I think it's like a looks it looks safer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's see what it says oh, okay this is different what would be the absolute worst name you can give your child the worst name tyrone <laughs> <laughs> you better call tyrone okay <laughs> that is so funny tyrone shout out to all the tyrones out there <laughs> no offense no offense <laughs> I love that what do people always tell you that you're good at aside from what you do professionally decorating and cooking Ooh, okay what's your what's your go-to dish that people just they just tear it up every time you you make it legume which is a Haitian I would say it's our Haitian national dish usually people say it's rice and beans but I don't think it is I think legume is something nobody else really have that we have and um it's like a vegetable melee and most American who have who has had that before they would tell you like if you ask them what they what they like the most they mm -hmm. would legume Okay, okay. I have a friend from Haiti and I'm still waiting to get some Haitian food. Still didn't get, get any Haitian food yet. So I'm, I'm waiting you to try it. tried at all? Like no Haitian food? No oh, Haitian girl. food. My family's from Jamaica. So I oh, had Jamaican oh. food that. No Haitian no food. Cousin. So our food is a little similar. Okay. Like Jamaican food is the most similar I've found in, in Cuban. Cuban and Jamaican food is the closest to Haitian food. Okay. Okay. I like that. I know what to expect a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever had a job like that was like the worst job ever? I haven't really had a lot of jobs. Like I've, well, I've worked as a teenager, like I work at McDonald's mm -hmm. and I've worked at Walmart distribution center. Um, and I don't know, I loved my jobs. <laughs> You know, I was a manager at McDonald's. You know, I didn't really do much, you know, besides managing and like uh -huh. trying to learn, like, which is, you know, when I got into business, I understood like a lot of things because mm -hmm. of that job. So I haven't really had a job I didn't like because I haven't, I've been self-employed for so long. Like I've owned a salon for like 10 years. And yeah. be before that, I was, you know, so young and you mm. know I didn't really have a lot of jobs yeah that's good that's good so <laughs> if you weren't if you weren't the CEO of J Organics what else could you see yourself doing um I wanted to be in fashion um before before that I had like my portfolio where I have like dresses I used to make like dresses for dolls um so yeah, like something like something in fashion and beauty for sure. Okay. Okay. I like that. I used to sketch back in the day. I don't even know where I got that from, but I used to sketch and my mom would like make little outfits for our doll babies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your first introduction to entrepreneurship? My first introduction was <laughs> when I was like a teenager, I used to sell cookies out of my mom's, well, 
out of our window. Okay. <laughs> we wasn't allowed to go outside. So, and I was only like 14 and I couldn't, at that time, you had to be like 15 to work or something like that. So I couldn't, I couldn't work yet. So I needed money. Okay. So I started making cookies, wasting my mom's ingredients. So every time <laughs> she come, when she go to work, I would like make some cookies real quick and then sell them real quick and then clean up, up everything. And then when she comes home and I act like nothing happened. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so she's looking for her flour and her ingredients and she's like, what the heck is that? <laughs> every time I'm like, nobody's saying nothing. <laughs> I love that. How long were you able to get away with that? <laughs> girl for like a whole six months and I was able to like um save my money and buy clothes for back to school and everything mm-hmm. so, yeah <laughs> I'm sure she appreciated it after a while yeah and from then on like I had many websites I had a website where I used to sell electronics I had a I used to sell um like a flat irons and like clothes and mm-hmm. um like I was doing like e-com before e-com was a thing <laughs> right. Yeah. right how'd you get into doing it all you just curious and just wanted to make some money it's just you know just always looking for something to do <laughs> okay you sound like you was tech savvy as a child yeah well I was in a child at that time like I was probably like 21 22 okay yeah so I was just you know the internet wasn't nobody really like eBay. Like if I had kept up with all these things, I would be like, I would be up there because you know eBay wasn't a thing. Like nobody really paid attention to eBay, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that was on eBay that was making a lot of money. Yeah, it's so true. But I just didn't keep up with it, and I just let my account go. I went back to my eBay account, and I'm like, oh my god. I've had this account since I was like 21. Oh my goodness. Wow. I used to be obsessed with eBay. I was just telling somebody that the other day. I used to be on there bidding on things and winning and it just kind of got addicted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that when did you move here? Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> when did you move here from Haiti? Um, I was about four, well, 13 going on 14. Like I um a month shy from my 14th birthday. Okay. How was that transition for you? It was tough. It was really tough. Like I was not fitting in. (laughs) I wasn't fitting in and it was just, I I did not like it. I wanted to go home. I just spent a lot of time just crying. I mean, like for like a long time for years, you know, and I was, it was, it was tough. Yeah. Did you have to learn English when you came here? I know a little bit of English, but uh, yeah, I, I pretty much had to learn it because, you know, I didn't know enough to help myself. Wow. Wow. Okay. okay. So growing up in Haiti, I'm just curious, like, what is the image that is like painted as far as like the standard of beauty? Like what is like the epitome of beauty in Haiti? Cause I know you all are like very diverse in the way that you look. Yeah. Um, the standard of, um, you know, and well now uh, the standard of, of beauty have like kind of shifted in Haiti. You know, they like because you know um, people on Facebook and and there's a lot of TV channels like BET. Like when I was growing up, I, I we didn't have no BET, and so it's very Americanized now. But back mm-hmm. then, 
didn't like no skinny girls yeah. <laughs> and a gap if you have a gap it was a good thing yeah dating back then um they like long hair and uh you know the more european you look you know the more because you know it's not something they see all the time mm-hmm. because it's mostly black people so it's like fascinating but as far as like the standard of beauty is like big old butts and you know <laughs> they don't like big boobs like if you have big boobs it's not it you actually get made fun of what yes like I started um developing like really young and it looked like I was gonna have huge boobs mm-hmm and they started doing rituals to like make my boobs stop growing. And wow. it was a huge thing. Like you cannot have big boobs. <laughs> are you like, are you good now? Are you, are you mad at those rituals? Are you like, that? Uh, mm, I'm, I'm mad at them. Like, listen, my boobs could have been popping. <laughs> Did you grow up with all of that beautiful hair? You know, it was, well, back then it wasn't really considered to be like, people were fascinated with my hair, Mm. but at the same time, nobody wanted to deal with my hair. Mm. So it was, people, they they didn't know, like, they had to, like, stretch, because I have, like, really, really coily, that, like, that dense type of forcey hair, and nobody wanted to deal with it. I mean, they like, "Mm, yeah, we don't want to. I don't think we're going to be able to do her hair. <laughs> so they kind of like permanent or process it or anything? They did. They did. Um, my first time getting my hair processed was when I was sent to the countryside of Haiti to, um, to live with, I guess, family members because my dad had passed away. And so they had to like take me somewhere else and, you know, for me to get taken care of. When they, when I got there, they didn't know what to do with my hair. So they put a... Um, somebody was putting a what the the jerry curl on their hair okay literally took the jerry curl out of her hair and put it on my hair Uh and my hair kind of fell out and they had to like (laughs) shake the rest off Mm. it was a mess I had a lot of hair scary you know traumatizing hair experiences yeah which is kind of like what um draws me to the beauty and to the beauty industry to like the hair industry because I didn't want nobody messing with my hair till now mm-hmm. it is so hard for me to have somebody even when I had the salon like sometime when I don't have time like the stylist would be like well we, we can do your hair it's fine like we can do you or so and like it takes so much out of me to let somebody like mess with my hair yeah I feel you yeah. yep so I was like Mm-mm. I'm doing my own hair and that's how I learned and here I am. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, how did you go about learning how to do your own hair at that time? Sure, I was just, you know, for a long time, like I started actually doing my hair when I was like 14. Mm-hmm. When I moved here, that's when I officially started doing my, my own hair. Mm-hmm. Because I just couldn't, like I used to go to a lady, um, she owned a salon and I used to go to her salon to get my hair done. And she was like, well, her hair needs to be relaxed once a week. What? So my hair was being relaxed. Because like the relaxer, even if you relax my hair, 
it doesn't look like a relaxer. She said in order for it to look like a relaxer, my hair had to be relaxed once a week for like X amount of weeks. Oh, wow. And they did that. They relaxed my hair for like five weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Once a week. And somehow my hair was still thick. And one time she was combing my hair and her comb broke. And she was so upset and she was just like making nasty comments. And here I am like a teenager, yeah. you know, and she was just, she made me feel like a piece of crap. Like I never forget this experience. Like till this day, it's like so vivid in my mind. Like she was just like cursing. Like I can't believe this. Like this is ridiculous. Wow. Like they need to do something about her hair and this and that. Like this is and I was just like, I'm holding my tears. Like <laughs> I can imagine, especially at that age, those are kind of the, those kind of experiences definitely stay with you. Is that mm-hmm. something that like inspired you to like go into cosmetology? Um, not yet. From then, I was just braiding my hair, you know, doing different things with my hair. I was doing my own hair when I stopped going to her. And then in school, everybody's like, oh, because I used to wear. I used to like dedicate like a whole month to a color. Like I would wear pink, I would wear pink belt and like pink shirt, like different pink shirts and different pink belts, pink shirts. Like I would just like wear pink for the whole month and my hair would have pink streaks and I would have braids because that's the cheapest thing you could do to your hair. And people was like, oh, who do your hair? And this and that. So everybody was always asked me who does my hair. And so I started, um, doing some some of the kids hair sometimes because I my parents was very very um like I was I wasn't even allowed to go outside so that's how strict they were Mm -hmm. so um I started doing some kids hair if I was allowed and you know I started liking it and my little sisters I started doing they was like my baby dolls like I would do their hair undo it and do it again and undo, and undo yeah. it and do it again them little girls poor little things so I pretty much used them as like baby dolls and I was just so you know fascinated with it and I just love it even now like I'm watching people's hair on tv like people mm-hmm. call me somebody's hair, and I want to go and touch it like I it, it does something to me yeah I love that so so you did go to cosmetology school eventually mm-hmm. okay um so what draws me to go to cosmetology school is when I did my brother's hair one, one time I was like about 16 at that time and he went to get his haircut at a barbershop and that was like my first time like doing the designer braids remember the designer braids back then like you know mm-hmm. like the rappers used to wear <laughs> Alan Iverson and all of them yeah uh-huh. so I got a call from the barbershop and they was like would you like to come and work for us we love what you did to your brother I'm like really me and they're like yes we would love to have you and they helped me get my braiding license and from then I just worked there for a while um and then I was like you know what I think I even then like I didn't really just because like my parents they wanted me to be like in the medical field and mm-hmm. when I really started thinking about getting my cosmetology license is really when I 
after I graduated, I went um, to my orientation to go to school for nursing. And I was just like, and like, I was, I was sweating and like my mouth, like I couldn't speak because I had like, my mouth keep watering. Like, yeah. I, I just like, I didn't, I didn't like it. And I was just like, mm -mm. I didn't come back. And six months later, I just went, went ahead. Cause you know, in the Haitian community, it's, it looked down upon to be like a hairstylist and mm -hmm. they did not agree with that at all. So, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I just really, really know I wanted a salon. Like even when I was like in the barbershop, like as a teenager, I would tell people like, you know, I want my own chain, salon chain. And I was telling him all these ideas I have and they like, girl, how old are you again? And, <laughs> you know, and so I just went ahead and went to cosmetology school and mm. what like, did your parents say like what did they, they do they mm -mm. they didn't they, they didn't kick you out or anything they didn't kick me out but you know they didn't approve um actually it wasn't until because I got married pretty young um I got married at 21 so at 20 I moved out and went to live with my sister and you know, that's where I actually continue to go to school. Got you. Um, to my to cosmetology school. And a year later, I got married. So, mm -hmm. okay. Well, mm -hmm. that worked out. Yep. <laughs> so, what, is, what are some of like your highlights or like a snapshot of your your career with the salon and everything and then leading up to launching J Organics? It's always a highlight in the salon. Like, it was, it was lit. Like, I <laughs> love. I'm an introvert. I don't even know if I should call myself an introvert. Like people always tell me I'm an introvert, but I do have the desire to like have friends. Like, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? To so I just can't take too much. Like I don't have many friends because I'm I just can't do the drama. But I love people. I just love particular women. Like I just love hearing their stories and mm -hmm. um talking to them and the salon gave me that you yeah. know and it was just great I became like people's therapy <laughs> you know they would come and then like I would have to give them advice you know sometimes it's like oh lord I think you're sharing a little too much <laughs> I don't say nothing you know and it was and the women they just love me you know and outside of the salon, I don't really, because I'm always like working, um, thinking about my next move, like mm -hmm. always doing something. Like I didn't really give myself time to like hang out and do this and do that. And that's what I got in the salon while mm -hmm. I'm doing what I love. And, you know, those women, they consider me their friend. And till this day, like they are so dear to my heart. And that's what I got from the salon. So it was always lit, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like a bunch of besties. Yeah, I like that. So ultimately, what led you to saying, like, oh, I want to create my own product line and then start formulating your own products? Um, yeah, so formulating products was like a hobby um, of mine, even like when I had the salon, even before I had the salon, I was just formulating, you know, mm -hmm. it was something I like doing. Really, I was making like, body butters and um lotions like mostly like skincare mm -hmm. 
-hmm. But when I really formulated my product, like when I started, you know, the product line, what really urged me to do that was when I made my first hair serum. Okay. Due to the fact that I was actually losing my hair because okay. I got diagnosed with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto. Okay. And my hair was coming out in clumps. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just terrifying. Mind you, I've always had, now people know me for having huge hair. Mm-hmm. And here I am, no edges. And the middle of my hair is like gone. Wow. So I was making a lot of um, hair products at that time to try to help myself. Mm-hmm. And the rest, I would give them to people. <laughs> and I would make a lot and then give some of it out. And they just wanted more and more. And here I am trying to deal with my own issue. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm losing my hair. And <laughs> you know what I mean? This is not just, I'm not just doing this. You know, I'm actually losing my hair. And you know, they just wanted more and more and more. And then I'm like, okay, this is working out for me and this is working out for them. And why not launch it? You know, for a long time, even after I launched Georganic, I didn't really take it seriously because salon was booming. Yeah. And you know, I didn't really need the money or anything like that. You know, I was just because it, because I had so much fun just formulating mm-hmm. and um using my products on my hair using it like on other people and like people just love me for giving them products and all that stuff and it wasn't like until 2016 and I was like you know what I need to launch this and like really really give it a try and that's when I actually launched it I actually launched a website I'm actually on Amazon Mm -hmm. and now I have two businesses that I really, really have to run now. <laughs> and um, J Organics took off, like, it just took off. Mm-hmm. And especially like on Amazon, like it really took off like on Amazon before it took off on my website. Mm-hmm. And and here we are today, like, um, I would say in 2000, during the pandemic, was when I just couldn't run the salon no more. I had to choose one, not only because I was pregnant and I had a baby and all these things. So I had to let one thing, you know, I had a lot in my plate. I had to let yeah. one thing go and Georganic was growing so much. I couldn't stay at the warehouse I was in. It was too small. So I had to move to a bigger warehouse and yeah. I had to, you know, so yeah, it just grew from then on and I just couldn't go back <laughs> yeah how hard was that decision like what was that decision like to like, like shut down people. your salon um, it was tough that was the toughest thing I had to do it was really tough because like b- even before I closed the salon I couldn't even work I couldn't work and because I was doing georganics mm-hmm. I was packing up I had um I can never have enough employees and it was just too much. And I was just pretty much paying for the place and just like working like one day, you yeah. know, I had to let it go. 
I had to let it go. Actually, I when I closed down the salon, I didn't I didn't give the place back. I just pretty much break down everything and make because the geoorganics was next door to the salon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I made it one big place. Um, I took everything out of the salon and break down all the walls and then make it one big um, place. Mm-hmm. And then a year from then, it was like, there wasn't, there wasn't enough space anymore. I grew <laughs> out of that space. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. And I had to get a, a warehouse. Yeah. Just I was literally like busting out of the place. Like there was nowhere to move. Like there was stuff everywhere. And it was like 2,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. And here we are now. We're in a 4,600 square feet um, warehouse. Wow. So what was going on at that time that was making the brand grow so big and, you know, for you to have to expand so quickly? Well, really just staying consistent with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, especially like Amazon. And if you are growing on Amazon, it's, uh, and Amazon just want more. Actually, they actually offered, well, I don't think I'm supposed to be talking about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Okay, let's leave that alone for now. But, um, you know, we was, it wasn't just growing in the website, it was growing on the, but we was um, just pretty much doing what we do, just advertising, staying consistent and, you know, retaining customers. That's like the biggest thing because you can do a lot of advertisement and doing all these things that you're supposed to be doing. If you're not retaining the customers that you're getting, it's right. like that's what pretty much kills your brand because you will be spending money on advertising and not sorry and not getting return customers but it's like the accumulation of having all those customers from 2016 to getting more and more and more and more it's just like everything overlap with each other and that's pretty much how it's kind of like the domino effect I would say yeah do you have any tips on customer retention like how were you were you strategic about that or it's just mainly like the product works it speaks for itself and you just want to you know keep on using it the product works. It speaks for itself. That's one thing. You got to have good products, right? good customer service, and you got to pretty much brand yourself. Like brand positioning, I would say it's very important. You have to brand yourself where people trust your brand. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's pretty much what it is because, and, and also I don't just give them a product and don't, they don't see me again. You know what I mean? I um, pretty much give them something they have to follow. And I stay on top of my customers. I'm always sending out email on tips and you have to keep, you have to con- continuously talking to them, mm-hmm. you know, so you can pretty much retain. Yeah. Okay. That's, I love that. That's great advice. Is there something that a lot of people leave out of their natural hair care routine that's like really crucial or essential that like you just see a lot of people skipping over. People underestimate deep conditioning. Ooh, okay. Yeah, and they feel like you know they don't we they don't have to do that. They can just wash their hair and then like do the um just con- wash it and condition it and then call it a day. Deep conditioning is very important because that's what keeps your elasticity. Like elasticity is very crucial when it comes to natural hair, especially like four C hair. Four mm-hmm. C hair can be extremely brittle. My hair. People will be like, oh, wow, your hair would, 
be big anyways. No, that's not true. Actually, I have very, very, very brittle hair. Mm-hmm. Even when my hair um, back then, people were scared of my hair really more because it was so dense, very hard for them to comb it and all that stuff. But it was very brittle. Mm-hmm. No, it was very brittle it wasn't like it wasn't as long as it is now gotcha. and to get to that length you pretty much have to like really really take care of it because 4c hair can you know be a little bit more on the brittle side yeah. and conditioning actually help with that deep conditioning and lubrication okay okay so I know that you will I know you definitely expanded your product line since you first launched you have like a lot of products now now so like what was that process like for determining like what other products you were going to add on to J Organics um I pretty much because you know I I had out I, I owned the salon so I know like what solution the people are looking for my customers are looking for so it's based on the solutions that I'm finding for my customers mm-hmm and based on what they like and they pretty much determined what to launch right yeah like some products actually I have so much product I haven't launched yet I have products right now people are calling me when are you gonna launch that like we really 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 need that like why are you not launching it uh-huh. it takes so much it takes more than just put it in a bottle and launch it you know what I mean but I have a lot of a lot of great great products that customers really really love that needs to be launched and that's how I pretty much launch my products and if they if I come out with that and it you know help with this particular things I put it out for Mm -hmm. and they like it I launch it they don't like it I don't launch it so (laughs) yeah so it was pretty much the customers that made the decision Okay. So when you come out with new products, do you have to go through the process of like trademarking them and everything? Um, well, I don't trademark each product. I just, that's just too much. (laughs) Maybe one day I will, but I do trademark some. Yeah. If I have a product where I'm like, you know, that's my baby right there. That needs to be trademarked. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't trademark every product. Okay. And I also feel like compared to, I guess, 2016 and now, I feel like there are a lot of natural hair care brands now compared to like back in the day. So how have you been able to like set yourself apart and just like stay on top of like the competition in a sense? Yeah, that's, it's good you said that because I'm like, gee, you know, if I had, I wish I had push georganic more back then uh-huh. back then I was so into the salon and so into the ambiance of the salon and like you know I kind of pushed georganic to the side but if I had pushed it like I pushed it now then I think georganic would be like one of the it would it would have been huge mm-hmm. but bigger than I than I you know than it is now but yeah, now it is, it is a lot more work, a lot more work and a lot more expensive. Like, but I didn't really want to be like the face of the, of Georganic Solutions. Yeah. And I just wanted, wanted the product to speak for itself. And I wanted to, because I, you know, when I first started, it was just for adults. I pretty much started with three products. It was the oil 
the hair oil, the hair vitamin, and a moisturizer. Um, it was a cream, mm-hmm. uh, a moisturizer, and those three products. And my website only dedicated like to adults, mm-hmm. but the name is like J Organic Solutions. I wanted it to be more. Uh, I wanted it to be ingredient conscious type of um brand mm-hmm. so I didn't want it to just be like a hair care con- it's just like I just haven't got there yet <laughs> you know I haven't got to it yet but I want it to be more of a brand that you can trust with the ingredients mm-hmm. so I pretty much um because it's J-organic people you know gravitate to that and you know, and we do keep up with our ingredients because ingredients do matter. So people, it's a trusted brand, mm-hmm. you know, which pretty much kind of help people to keep up with it, I would say, stand out from the competition. Mm-hmm. Do you look back at it and wish you would have uh, been like the face of the brand? You think that would have made a difference? Uh, not the face of the brand, but um, there, there's, there's definitely a lot of things I could have done um that would make a difference Mm -hmm. like I've never been to a hair show show before okay like those little things could have been could have make a difference and um um I think yeah I do think like putting myself out there a little bit more would make a difference but I I, I'm not convinced yet because I'm just now doing this and Mm -hmm. you know you my first pretty much face-to-face interview Mm -hmm. I mean so I don't know yeah I don't know where that's gonna go yet but you know I could have definitely pushed a little bit more I mean I like I love seeing the success that you've had with it not being like uh like you being the face of the brand because I always joke and I tell my friends like I think I want to create a faceless brand one day and just kind of like as an experiment just to see because there is so much talk about like you know, the personal, the personal touch, like people want to know the the owner and, you know, feel relatable to that person. But then you also see brands that don't have that. They don't have like a a face, a person that's representing and it's still successful. So I want to try it. Mm -hmm. For a long time. I mean, for a long time with Georganic Solutions, it was faceless, you know? I mean, you can see me on the pages, but you don't know if I own the brand. Right. And it was successful. It was just, but now though it, it it just shifted like people do want to have that connection with the brand um owners mm-hmm. yeah, and sure. I don't know because <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time in the lab just like formulating trying to and that not being the face of the brand gave me that luxury where mm-hmm. I can take that time and really really focus on the product and focus on the things that I need to be doing behind the scene and not be out there. You know, I was still pretty close to my customers because I through email and um, through the pages and we have a Facebook group mm-hmm. where I kind of like talk to them, but to be like everywhere, you know, it's, I think it's going to be tough. Yeah, I could definitely see that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. So we have to play Never Have I Ever. Okay. You know, I don't know if you, well, to just traditionally it's a drinking game, but on the podcast, I'm going to give you this Never Have I Ever statement. And if this has happened to you before, share the story behind it. 
But if it hasn't happened to you, like give your advice on how to handle the situation or, you know, on both sides, you'll see what I'm talking about. So never have I ever had a stranger just walk up to me and touch my hair without my permission. Has that ever happened to you before? It happens all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It happens all the time. And believe it or not, Black women. (laughs) Oh my gosh, no Black women, it's them. Yeah, Black women. Um, And in my culture, it is offensive. Um to for people to touch your hair because we attach it to voodoo or you're trying to do voodoo on me take a piece of my hair like it's something negative because of that and i'm not um i'm not really into that but as i always see it like as an endearment type of you know when people see me and they love my hair i I see it as a compliment really it's when they like messing it up (laughs) like they probably try to get up there in the roots like yeah, so in the roots, yes and that's when it's like okay now you know like personal space <laughs> right but you know if they're like oh my gosh like you know it, okay it's a compliment you know they like mm-hmm. how it looks and and especially like if you touch my hair it doesn't feel like the typical <laughs> right well in michael j called it like it feels like brill, a brillo brillo pad uh-huh now it's much softer than then you know but it it feels very fibrous like and they're always so amazed with that and i i i don't have a problem with it but don't be too much in my space <laughs> that's where we have a problem right. <laughs> don't go in my roots and try to be Mm-mm. don't do all that <laughs> yeah I had somebody walk up to me it was a guy too I was in the club girl and this guy walked well not even walked up I just felt somebody do like this and my hair is very my hair is all the way down to my butt so he did like this like kind of like swoosh he did like a swoosh I was like oh. I turned around so quick I was like you do not know me don't be touching my hair that's okay like, that was crazy like he took like a whole it was like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> no 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 Crazy, crazy. So you did mention the kids line that you have. What's the difference between the kids line and the regular line that you have? Okay, so I love kids, by the way. So that's one of the reasons why I came out with the kids line. I wanted to create something, I would say less, a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? Not softer, like gentle yeah more gentle um for kids like a gent gentler version of the products that I have for adults mm-hmm. for kids and also I wanted like an I wanted an outlet where I can teach parents like how like really teach them how to take care of the kids hair and how to bond with them while they're doing the kids hair and having a separate brand mm-hmm. not really a separate but a sub-brand that dedicated for kids and um you know where parents can gravitate to that I can um I can kind of cater to them more because mm-hmm. it's a separate brand and it's specifically for them and that's how that came along yeah, I like that because a lot of a lot of parents don't know how to do their kids' hair, especially the natural hair. Because you know, mm-hmm. I was telling um someone else before that 
a lot of them have not even seen their own natural hair before. So dealing right. with their children's natural hair is a whole different ball game for them. Mm. Yes, yes. So tell me about your your facility that you have there. Cause I'm just I just love all the boxes stacked up, all the things. Like what's going on over there? Yeah. So we moved here. We moved here this year, actually. And we moved here. Hmm, we're still fixing it up. Like we have boxes everywhere. We have things everywhere. That's because we and we're stacking up for. So we have to like make space uh-huh. um, for Black Friday. So we're stacking up everything right now and we have to build compartments and all kind of things. It's really big. That's only, this is only half of it. Yeah. Um. So this is going to be more than just our warehouse. So this is pretty much the headquarters. So we have offices and we have, a bunch of other stuff going on over there so and so this is like the we have the processing area we have the storage pretty much area we have we have a bunch of different areas so um Ooh. yeah we moved here like i would say five months ago okay yeah but we are still working while we're getting all those things ready we are still doing like electrical we are still doing we're actually still building mm-hmm. so yes. part that you can't see we have a whole construction site on the other side <laughs> that is so cool so are you making products there too or that's where the the products are housed before they I get will. i will be mm-hmm. okay that is just like such a boss move i just i just love that for you Oh, thank you. <laughs> so what kind of mindset? Shift your uh, your camera down. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So what what kind of mindset do you have to have to run a successful business like that? Like how do you keep yourself like together? It does take a mindset. It does. Um what keeps me going really my kids. You know, you don't want your kids seeing that you quitting. You don't want to um, you want to start something and finish something and you want to, you know, you want your kids to be proud of you and you want to, you want to have like a trace, like a path for them to follow. So that keeps me going, but don't get it twisted. It's hard. It's not easy being an entrepreneur. There's, there, there are times where, you know, I find myself crying at night. Like it's, it's a, it's a tough business to be in. And me personally, I, um, do suffer from a little bit of depression, Mm -hmm. which, um, kind of can interfere. Like I have to remind myself all the time why you started, right? What, what is the purpose? You know what I mean? what's the goal you want so you have to constantly like talk positive mm-hmm. positivity into yourself and um and just know why why just know just don't let yourself forget the whys mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. and that's what keeps me going like last year um actually i was depressed for a long time but because i'm the type i 
I would work myself to death before I make before I let myself start thinking about like I'm not the depressed type that you know just lay down and yeah you know, not do anything not do anything and like cry I'm the type that would work my behind off to try to get my mind off of certain things you know and I've had a lot of trauma like I've you know being doing being a being raised in Haiti I wasn't always like I didn't have the traditional childhood mm-hmm. you know what I mean I was pretty much in one place a year, uh, every year I was in a different place living with different people and these people you know they have different values the um you know you might live with some I might live with somebody th- um this year and they are Christian you're not allowed to curse you're not allowed to do this you're not allowed to do that mm-hmm. and you know they have like a strict um environment and then the next family I'm with is like the clubbing type and you know you can do whatever and right. this and that and then the next one would be like uh voodooist or something or mm-hmm. you know what I mean like and it's I have not had like structure in mm-hmm. my life and which caused, and I kept everything inside and I never really talk about anything. Right. So as I grow, as I get older and older, you know, when you suppress a lot of things inside, it comes out somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You, know I mean? you won't know it, but it's coming out somewhere else. You know what I mean? And I had to, it wasn't until like last year, I had to really like sit down and think what's making me so sad? What, why am I so depressed? And I had to reflect back on my, in my life and see like where all these feelings are coming from. And then, you know, I had to do like therapy and mm-hmm. I had to be like nicer to myself. And um, yeah, I think it's just it's just a journey you know Mm -hmm. what I mean it's just a journey and you really really have to have like a uh I would say a I would I wouldn't say tough skin but you really really have to remind yourself why you started and then take some time to reflect like just to meditate to understand yourself a little bit more and Mm -hmm. see why this is happening to you and why also why you want to keep going and so you can continue the journey because until we are dead (laughs) you know we have to keep going we have to keep going so you want to be able to keep going by doing all these things yeah thank you so much thank you so much for sharing that because there there are a lot of people who are you know depressed and still trying to operate their businesses at the same time but then I also do think it is it is important to identify the things that are going on in your personal life because they do affect how you show up in business so I don't think a lot of people make those correlations mm-hmm. they probably should a lot more and they'll probably see some differences um, once they deal with the things that are going on internally in their personal lives to you know show up better for their businesses and you know the people around them too yeah definitely yeah this is like a this is such a random question because I totally forgot to ask you but do your products work well with locks too? yes <laughs> actually my brother is locked um I use the buttercream on his hair because it doesn't cake like when you do your palm roll it give you know it can it stretch the hair where it's like smooth okay and also it it holds it 
but it doesn't cake. You won't have to like, you don't have that residue that the edge control or the beeswax leaves behind. And yeah. it's, it's really shiny for a long time. Yeah, because I'm always concerned about certain like conditioners and, you know, certain products leaving like build up in my hair. Then I can't get it out. It's, once it's in there, after a while, it's in there. Yeah, and they have to do that. Um, what's that thing they do now with the, like the apple cider vinegar rinse? The apple cider vinegar rinse with the um, powder, with the baking soda. Soda, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just overkill. I've never yeah. tried it before, but I want to try it. Yeah, don't try too much because, you know, the thing is, the baking soda is really, it's very, very alkaline. Okay. So it's, and it's very high in pH. So if you put that on your hair, like all the time, like put it on your edges, like all the time, like in wash it off, mm -hmm. it will become straight. So that will disintegrate your hair over time. Uh -huh. So I don't, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend doing it all, all the time. It's yeah. not something I recommend doing all the time. But I guess like the um, apple cider kind of neutralize it, but I wouldn't mess with it too much. Mm -hmm. Okay. That just made sense in my head of how, why that actually works and everything. Okay. Yeah. I mean yeah. So who do you have on your team right now? Um, right now, I have my husband, my child that work part time. I have, um, well, it's it was it was six of us really working here. And I have like other employees, which sometimes I do like where they take some time off for a while. And well, not sometimes, but right now, until the peak time yeah. when I'm like really, 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 really gonna need them. Right, the holidays are approaching. The holidays are approaching, yeah. Yeah. So, what's the next level look like for you? Like, what's what do you want the next level to be for J Organics? Well, I I, I would like to add so many products that outside of hair care, you know, and body care. So, I want it to be uh lifestyle brand okay. so you know so i want body care um skin care home care you know so we i have we have a lot in store for us <laughs> okay i'm excited what are you working on your legacy to be when it's all you know said and done i haven't really thought about that yet um but i know um Right now, it's very, very crazy in Haiti, and I want to be able to help my people. Like I, in 2014, I did go back and started. Um, you know, bread is very Haitians love bread, so bread is very. It's a. It's a very. Um, like a staple. Oh yeah. Like we eat bread for breakfast. We eat it for like, before we go to bed for um, supper. So I wanted to do something where I can um, help create jobs and also, you know, where people can gravitate to. So I started like a bread factory there. And on top of it, on top of the building, it was, it was a two-story building. We didn't, we didn't get to finish. We started like the top 
we only finished like 70% of it and we mm -hmm. had to leave because it's not safe. So the trap was going to be for kids. Um, my husband, he's a IT professional. So he wanted to teach kids how to, because a lot of kids in Haiti, the tech industry is not really moving in Haiti. A lot of people don't really know, like they know how to use their phone, but they don't have access to like computers and all these things. So mm -hmm. To find somebody that can build a website, it's not something that's common. So a lot of kids were not really good in that area. So we wanted to go there and start it something where we can teach kids, you know, how to do these things and then get jobs outside of Haiti. Mm -hmm. But we didn't get to um, finish that. So more than georganic solutions i want that really to be like my legacy i want i really want my people to remember me for the little things i did you know not it's not too big but you know i did something mm -hmm. you know? so i want i want i want to have different bring that to different part of haiti and keep that going help them move forward in the tech world i guess yeah, definitely. That'd be that'd be good. That'd be so monumental for them. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else coming up next for J Organics like in the coming months? So years are we just getting ready for the holidays? Yeah. So we're about to have our um 50% off sale. Um we have every year for Black Friday. So look out for that. And they usually wipe me out. <laughs> With that, everybody's looking forward to that every year. Okay. So yeah, that's about to be awesome. And um, yes, and we have another line coming up called the Shebicado line. So we are launching that hopefully, hopefully by January. Okay. Mm -hmm. Alrighty. What's that line for? So it's pretty much like, you know, how people are very much into Shebe. Like Shebe is one of the ingredients. I really love Shebe because it keep, it really keeps your hair from like breaking. Uh -huh. um, and I wanted something like less heavy. Um, you know, a lot of my, it's for the people that doesn't like coconut. Like a lot of my stuff have like coconut in it and then like castor and castor is like a little bit more on the heavier side. Mm -hmm. And coconut, if you like sensitive to like protein, you can't do um, coconut. Gotcha. So I wanted this line to cater to those people who are very protein sensitive and who are sensitive to um, um, coconut and castor like nut free and I wanted it to be more um vegan yeah so that's pretty much and I have one thing in that line that people absolutely love because we've been using it it's new to it's gonna be new to them but oh right. to us. <laughs> and it's it's a detangling mask it's a pre-pool detangling mask and that stuff is magic okay so, yeah all right so look out for it y'all Look out for the new line. So before you go, I have to ask you the friends and beauty rapid fire questions. I asked all of my guests this at the end of the show, just to get like their keys to longevity and success and beauty. And then we'll be done. So the first one, just give us your top three keys to your success so far. The ones who fails is the one who quit. <laughs> so, you know, gotta keep 
going and have a plan, have like a short-term plan and have like a long-term plan. That's two. Uh-huh. So one more. Uh, I would say stay grounded. And how do you measure your success? I measure my success. Like if I'm healthy and I am good mentally, if I'm like a, in a good space mentally, if I'm healthy, if my family is together and I'm good, mm-hmm. you know, that's successful to me. You can have all the money in the world and you're sick, right? good up there. You're cranky. You mean to people. <laughs> Your family's falling apart. You right. know, it's not success if you're not happy. Mm-hmm. So happiness, family, and sanity. <laughs> All righty. What's the best advice you've ever received, or a piece of advice that's just always stuck with you? So many of them. Uh, don't worry about the next day really um like I used to I used to like my stress like stress management was just not always my thing like it's I used to stress myself about things that I cannot help so much I think that's why like I got so sick at one point of time where I was like losing my hair Mm -hmm. it's just stressing about things that like I can't I can't really help Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's just don't worry about, you know, whatever's gonna happen will happen. You know what I mean? Just there's not really a lot of things that we can help. Right. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, God is watching over us and we have to let him. You know what I mean? Just be kind to yourself and you know, um, my spiritual mother who died last year, you know, just that's the one thing and never really don't worry about what people think about you you mm-hmm. know what I mean? just do you do you because that caused a lot of stress too right right I mean don't worry about what people thinking about think about you and don't worry about what's to happen just help what you can and then move on from there okay and what piece of advice would you give to like an up-and-coming hair brand owner who is just ready to give up. They are not seeing the results that they want to see with their business. And they're just like, this, this probably is not for me. What advice would you give them? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. All right. Yeah, I hear it. And what's a resource that helps you in your business that you can share with their friends and beauty community? There is a page called, let me see, the Facebook pages, like not pages, but like um, groups, like whatever your niche is. Mm-hmm. follow those groups you know follow those pages look for pages that's in your niche like that will keep you grounded that will give you information like whatever the niche is in your whatever business you're doing just make sure your 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 timeline looks you know looks like that right. so that's pretty much <laughs> it Okay. And the last one, I just want you to fill in the blank and just say, my name is blank. And the key to longevity and success is whatever you think it is. My name is Joanne. The key to longevity is be happy.
stay happy, stay sane, and you can keep going. (laughs) Don't take it out. Yes, indeed. Y'all here, stay happy, stay sane. Keep going. That is a a word. Before you go, (laughs) share your social media. People overlook. I say it because people overlook that. They think it's something so magical, so inspirational. But listen, you won't be able to take it in like if you can't. You have to be able to grasp these things, you know. Mm-hmm. If you if you're miserable and you're not taking care of it, you can't really grasp it. That is so true. That is so mm-hmm. true. Thanks for sharing that. Before you go, share your social media information and how people can connect with you and J Organics Solutions. J Organic Solutions. J underscore Organic Solutions on Instagram and J Organic Solutions with two S on Facebook, J underscore Organic Kids on Instagram, and Joanne Joseph underscore okay. on Instagram. All right. See, she laid it all out. So get your products. Make sure y'all stay tuned for this Black Friday sale. Get your 50% off. And thank you so much, Joanne, for sharing with us today. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Friends in Beauty podcast. Don't forget, sharing is caring. Share this episode with at least one friend in beauty and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts so that other friends in beauty can find this show. Plus, we'd love to hear your feedback. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty, hashtag Friends in Beauty to join the conversation and join our Friends in Beauty Facebook community to stay connected. Talk to you soon.